Howdy doody neighborino. How you doing, man? <laughs> I'm very good, Ned. Thank you. How are you, mate? Good. Um, Ned Flanderino is is good. Um, the angle God. you were going for, which that's kind of annoyed me a little bit because I called you Dido. Um, you did call me Dido today again. I was ex- I was expecting a start of like I will go down with this ship. Ah, no, that's no, there. It is. Nothing. That's the only one I know. Well done. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd be better off spitting bars, mate. AKA <laughs> Marshall Mothers. Um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Hello, 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 dear listener. Good, uh, good day to you. Welcome to, <laughs> dare I say it, Sam Turner, dare I say it, welcome to the best episode yet of Communication Pot. I've thrown it out there. I'm going to say it. Uh, I, I think this was an absolute belter. What do you think? I I quite agree. I To be fair, after last week's with Abby, I didn't think it could get much better. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed our chat with Abby, but then then today happened. And um, my God. What a great guy Louis is. It was. So to to first of all, let's let's recap. So last week, yeah, we, we spoke to Abby Clark, uh, which was absolutely fascinating. You know, she is someone who is a not kind of resting on her laurels during lockdown, as you'll have heard. Um, but B offered a really fascinating insight into a world that you're more familiar with than me. But you know, I as a comic and again, we kind of touch on this in this episode, but there is a certain element of me that 100% wants to be famous. And um, whether that's for kind of selfish reasons, it's not particularly. It's just like, man, it would be so cool to have a, a platform, to have uh, an audience of people that like you. You know, that would be that would be amazing. But so it was a fascinating chat last week. And thank you to everyone who's got in touch, by the way. That that really, really means the world. We've had some lovely comments and um, lovely messages. Shout out to Steve Hogarth, who um, made a really interesting point that, and, and shared the post very kindly, uh, that if anyone is a parent and has kids that perhaps are looking to get into TikTok or want to learn a bit more about it. And actually, Abby's lesson or lesson, Abby's uh, kind of chat would have been really good for that, don't you think? Hundred percent. Yeah, it's a really it's a really good angle um, that Steve had, and I, I think I think he's dead right. You know, because there is this kind of element to I guess parenting. Not that I am one, so I don't really know what I'm talking about. But um, <laughs> there is this element to parenting where you kind of go right. The kids have got the phones; they know what they're doing, and you kind of leave it at that. But I think what a great place it would be if if you could get involved, you know, and uh, have some fun with them um, on yeah, their yeah. on their journey through technology. Yeah, it's, it's wicked and. And like you say, Abby's doing some great, great work. Um, and I, I really, really enjoyed that chat. Speak, speaking of, you just reminded me of something that I shared on my personal Facebook page. Perhaps we could um, share it on the commusician as well. But um, <laughs> there's this, again, I didn't find it on TikTok, but I have spent a little bit of time on the old TikTok uh, over the last uh, few, well, last week or so since since I got it shit me it, it is a time consumer but um there's <laughs> there's a video of these kids uh and it, basically their dad every time they say dad saw he turns into like a pterodactyl dinosaur and mate don't even i've spent hours hours watching him it is oh so my good. god yeah it's so like he just in the middle of a public area there'll be a restaurant and they'll say dad saw and that's it he's gone yeah yeah he, yeah Oh, it's so funny. My favorite, well, the two that I've, three I've seen, one of them was um, they, he was just about to take the garbage out, the garbage, (laughs) and uh, they just go, 
hey, dinosaur, and literally he just drops the garbage bags, starts like, rah, rah, like clawing. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah, I love it. And and that's that's a great like kind of thing, back to Steve's point, uh, of just how kind of when parents get involved, they you can do some magical things. Yeah, yeah. Just like Abby's parents, you know, she yeah, she has gone on and will continue to go on to huge, huge kind of acclaim, quite rightly. But how cool to have your your family involved in that way. I agree. I think it's really, really nice. Mm. Yeah, I couldn't agree <laughs> more. Mean? Couldn't couldn't agree more. Very unprofessional of me there. I do apologise for for yes. my cough. Um, Standard intro. So it. before <laughs> standard yeah um now before we get too much into um how great this episode is if if we do say so ourselves um i want to publicly give you a little bit of a shout out if i may say <laughs> i know so the the software that we're using basically means that we can't see each other's face but the audio uh, is recorded on whoever we kind of chat to the audio is recorded at their end my end your end because we're still virtual um, we are indeed now with louis we had due to possibly him being in deepest darkest devon we had a couple of issues didn't we mate and uh an, an episode that would perhaps take you maybe maybe an hour or two to edit took a little bit longer how 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 was your week mate <laughs> it's been uh it's been yeah it's been busy uh let's put it that way i've spent the majority of my week going oh shit Right, <laughs> there's, there's another issue. Let, let's spend an hour Googling it, working out how to fix it, and then let's learn it. So what this week, what Louis's done, essentially, and on this episode with Louis has done, it, it's enabled me to kind of better my editing process. Um, <laughs> as you'll see, this is, probably isn't the finest episode uh, to go by that statement, um, but there were, there were many, many issues uh, on this episode. Um, there was a massive delay. So every time we asked a question about... I would say about eight seconds later, Louis would answer it. So every time one of us spoke, we'd either talk over the other one or there would just be this massive gap. So I've had to go over and kind of take out all of those times that we've spoken over each other and edited it. And then Louis's, um, Louis's volume when we first got, when I first got his uh, recording stem was so quiet. I've had to process it so much. So if he sounds a little bit robotic, it's because <laughs> I've had to I've had to max out his volume as much as I could, um, and then export it and insert it back into GarageBand, and then do exactly the same again, and then again, and then compress it. And it's so, been it's been fun. So I've I've listened back to it, and you know, as as I always do, kind of offered a couple of like bits of advice. Uh, I very, 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 very much am pleased that I didn't give you my feedback, which was, Louis <laughs> a bit quiet, mate. Is there anything, anything you can do with this audio? Um, because uh, as technical director, you know, you are the one that kind of has to deal with this um, stuff. And yeah, hats off to you, mate. I, um, I really, really appreciate it. And frankly, uh, de- well, A, rather you than me in the nicest possible way, but Frankly, you're the reason that we have a pod because my life is <laughs> a little bit hectic, and I certainly wouldn't be able to um, to spend the time. So, big up yourself, my friend. Big well, up. that's very, very kind of you to say, mate. And I must as well say thank you for not giving me that feedback because that probably would have put me to the point <laughs> of I would have uh, fucking killed you. <laughs> I would have broken the shielding rules. And, I would yeah, have broken driven... the shielding quite happily to come and find you fits <laughs> while you yeah, sleep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Nice. Remember Liam Neeson in Taken? Yeah. I do. 
We'll never touch on that. <laughs> You've got a uh, very particular <laughs> set of skills that largely involves uh, compressing and recompressing garage band files. Uh, <laughs> but I will find you and I will make you sound better. Good. Um, <laughs> very good. Very good. Lovely. Good. Um, so let's let's get ready to rumble with this. So the reason I think that this is such a special episode, um, so we do kind of allude to it when we're when we're chatting, but basically Sam and I, when we came up with the idea for the pod, uh, A, we were at a gig, and B, we were at a gig that Louis Burgess was at. Now, obviously, Commusician is, is the podcast, a comedian, a musician, and every week for the last, certainly for the last few, we've been lucky enough to be joined by a comedian or a musician. And this week, uh, obviously, we've we've chatted to Louis, who is our first kind of act, if you like, that kind of crosses both both of those descriptions, if that makes sense. He's he's a, a, a comedy musician and mm. there's just so much great stuff to get get involved with, isn't there? Yeah. And, I, you know, from a musician's standpoint, um, he is a fantastic one. Like it, it's it's a it's a tough line between whether he should go into producing and making beats or comedy because he's so fantastic at both of them. Mm. Um, and if you go and check out any of his material online, uh, you'll see that and you'll totally understand where we're coming from. He is phenomenal. He really is. And as you're quite right. And the other kind of thing that struck me because I've I've listened back to the episode as I always do before it goes live. I've listened back to it a couple of times, and there's some really great conversation about kind of the nuts and bolts of both music and comedy but also the difference between kind of writing slash performing on stage and and performing to a screen you know and and recording so i i think it's brilliant um like i say huge well done to you mate Uh, i think this is a, a really really great episode do stick around and we will uh see you kind of on the other side but for for now i personally i think we give the people what they want what do you reckon let's do it give the people what they want give the people what they want cool well we'll see you on the (laughs) other side enjoy this is louis burgess enjoy first of all um sam and i were just talking off mic and uh we I don't know if you're aware of this, but the idea for this podcast came about at the Firehouse gig, uh, and it was obviously a gig, one of the gigs that you were at. And since yeah. then, um, we have basically we've wanted to get you on because you are a comedian and a musician, and you're the first guest on the podcast that fulfills both of those kind of criteria. So we're we're very happy to have you. Oh, we really are. Wow. So I mean so it's not it's not a music and comedy. It's sort of music and comedy but not musical comedy. Is that right? Exactly right. right. So the uh, <laughs> the um the premise well basically what we're going to do in a year or so's time uh, is I'm going to do my first ever musical performance and Sam's going to do his first ever comedy performance. Ah, yeah. I like it. So mm. um, that's a cool yeah. Cool you premise. can like it from you can like it from the outside, but when you're facing your first comedy gig and you're never really sure if that's something that you wanted to get into anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> how's it going? Seemed like a good idea at the time. Yeah, yeah not great, mate. Not great. <laughs> not a lot of open <laughs> minds at the moment. Yeah, I said the other day. Um, <laughs> I said the other day to Fitz, I can fi- I, like I find it really easy to be funny when I'm insulting him. 
but for anything yeah, else, a lot of people find it that. really difficult. Mm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, welcome to the episode, listeners. Um, this is apparently roast battle fits. Uh, I did not sign up for. But um, so, how, how have you been, mate? How has how has lockdown been for you? It's been actually. I've I've been thoroughly enjoying it because I have found that I needed this to happen for me maybe maybe i made this happen you know like in a sort of manifestation <laughs> kind of way. like i needed the whole world to shut down so i could reevaluate what i'm doing with my life you know <laughs> so it's yeah i get that yeah i I've, I've been sat here and thinking i thought to myself bloody hell i, I think i was close to the edge before all of this happened and it's oh, yeah. been a nice chance to just kind of reset yeah yeah absolutely i was close to the edge. i mean i i was on the edge i think i was there yeah, it was, you know, I can get a bit dark now. I don't want to get dark. Uh, this is a positive thing. <laughs> <laughs> so so you've um you you found obviously you well, you said that you've kind of been reevaluating. Uh so how has that worked in like a creative point of view? Because for our listeners who who aren't familiar with you yet, and there probably won't be many of them because you're you're blowing up, if you don't mind me saying so. <laughs> um but no, how how would you describe your yourself as a as an act if that's not too deep a question <laughs> um why uh, well i guess you know for the last sort of nearly 10 years i've been on the stand-up comedy circuit and for the last sort of five years i've been on the sort of online comedy circuit making videos and stuff um and musical musical comedy has been a large part of it for the last sort of I guess eight years or so after I realized I was crap at stand-up um went musical and <laughs> yeah I sort of um yeah it's been fun I've I've I've, I've done sort of music based a lot of music based stuff as well as comedy like, like comedy songs but also meta musical comedy spits I guess so there's a bit of that really so when you when you come up with a um, I guess when you come up with a, a, an idea for a video or for a bit like that, so I mean let's let's chat about the um, long build ups and disappointing jobs video first of all because yep. you you obviously made that you obviously came up with the idea. Did you have any idea that it would blow up the way it did, or did you kind of think? I don't know. How was it? Was it just another kind of video, or or when you were making it, do you think mm, there's there's really something there? No, I think I think um, back then I was uh, it was a I just I just I made it because I thought it was funny and I wanted to make videos, but I didn't think it would go. You know, I didn't I didn't I didn't even consider how it would be received, and I was making it m more because I wanted to make it. And I think that's actually where you should the place you should be when you're making stuff. It was only after that point that I start really getting quite anal and, and overthinking or how's this going to go how are people going to like it and, and that has, has that's really what's messed things over i think i think if you can just do stuff and not even think about how it's going to go then then that's a healthy place to be which is where i was with that i just made it and and it went well so yeah lessons learned it went well i mean I think that's a bit of an understatement isn't it, it <laughs> <laughs> uh, that went that went incredibly well um that yeah i think viral would be the term wouldn't it yeah, I guess it did. I guess I mean it was lucky, really. I, I just sort of the. I mean, I made a few little ones before, so I guess it wasn't the first one I made. But it was, it was the. I don't know what I'm saying. I had made quite a few videos before that, so it's not. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't know what what I was going to make some sort of point. There's no point. 
So the the video kind of making side of things is is always fascinating me, and and the stuff that you do, I've seen loads of it. And as of yesterday, um, I am now also on TikTok. And oh, nice. Uh, uh, I, I kind of thought, oh, I wonder if Louis on there because I thought it's absolutely perfect for you, and and you are, and it seems as though that's kind of floating along very nicely. So when did you when did you get involved with that one? Um, well, uh, I'm annoyed that I got involved quite late because because people had been the universe likes to tell me things, do this, do that, and I ignore it until it's too late. And basically, like I had about three people <laughs> over the course of about three years telling me to do to do TikTok, and it was called Musically before that. And people were saying, "Oh, you do this? It's really it's really like you know, it's music and stuff. People doing funny stuff. It's sort of right in line with what you should be doing." I was just like, "Ah, sounds a bit lame." Uh, so I just sort of didn't do it for ages, and it was only until it really started blowing up and I was like, Oh crap, maybe I should have, maybe I should have done that. Cause if I'd have done it then I'd be, I'd be doing loads better. So then I, I sort of, what I guess just, just before Christmas, I probably started playing around with it. Um, nice. just, yeah, I just, just, you know, trying to basically now because everyone's it, it's, it has blown up as a platform and loads of people are on it. So it's, it's, it's definitely harder now to, to get sort of, to get the traction on it. I think, um, yeah, but you you say that, and you say you got on it just before Christmas. You're already at like what was it like fifteen thousand followers or something ridiculous 50, on that? Fifty, I think. Fifty thousand. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's um, that's that's mental. Yeah, it's. Um, I guess I'm a nerd for um, for trying to figure stuff out, right? And um, I guess I just wanted to understand how to how to do it. So I, I learned, I just sort of did a lot of research about how the platform works, how the algorithm works. And uh, I, I'd get the same video um, and re-upload it with different titles uh, and different, you know, um, caption. Like, because it's, uh, you only get to put up a minute long is the, is the most you can put up. So, um, you know, what minute you choose, if your video is longer than a minute, you've got to basically crop a minute's worth out of that. So the minute that you choose is very important. And TikTok is not the sort of place where you can leave people without a punchline for very long or, you, you know, you've got to get their attention quite quickly because of the ability to just scroll on to the next video. So you've got to think about that. So I did a lot of sort of trial and error with, with you know, uh, it, was, it, was my, it was my Britain's Got Talent one that has that has sort of done most of the legwork for getting the followers on that account um <laughs> which is very very good i watched it for about the 50th time uh just before <laughs> we started recording and and it is it's that bit well obviously the punchline if you like at, at the end and i just I, I i laugh every time even though i know what's coming it is very very <laughs> funny it's good work. Well, thank you <laughs> nice one yeah that again that was just you know like like usually it come a lot of not my ideas come out of me being genuinely quite annoyed about something and then um and then um yeah just blowing it out of some sort of logical proportion um <laughs> and that was it i was watching britain's talent i just found it really annoying like all these people getting through because of their sob stories and um yeah it just sort of wrote itself really that one um but yeah like i say i put that one up um it was actually someone else stole it and put it on tiktok and they got loads and loads of views. They they stole it off my YouTube and they put it on their TikTok. They got loads and loads of views. And I was like, you bastard. So I, then I, yeah. I, I didn't want to upload it yet. My idea was I'll upload some other stuff. And then when I'm ready, I'll start putting out the putting out the, the, the hitters that have done well in the past. And then that way people can, you know, I had this strategy in my head. And someone basically just ruined it by, by beating me to it, by stealing it and putting it up there. So then I posted it and it got nothing. Like it just bombed. 
I was like, wait a minute, this is not fair. Like someone was stole my video and they're literally getting like racking up followers and getting loads of views on my video. So obviously I reported it, got it taken down because, you know, definitely do that. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then I was yeah. like, and then, and then it was a case of, like, I've got to figure out why they got so well, why, why it went so well for them and not for me. So I, that's when I started doing sort of testing and figuring it all out and trying to upload it with different, you know, different lengths, starting in a different point, having a different thumbnail, having a different title, having different hashtags. And, um, and then eventually one of the attempts I did took off and then, then that, then I was able to upload other stuff and then have people, you know, sort of follow you based on your portfolio, not just on one video sort of thing. So how does, um, how, how does that happen then? Cause uh, this is a really dumb question, but you know, you mentioned one video kind of taking off. Is it as is it as simple as you put it up there and then you go back and check it a couple of hours later and it's starting to go up and then you go to bed and then the next day, boom, kind of thing? TikTok is a bit different um, with other platforms. Um, I mean, I guess you, you kind of get a feel for how well a video is going to do in the first, you know, 10 minutes because every moment is a sort of microcosmic version of the whole thing. Right. So if the video is a mega viral hit, it will go it will do a lot better in those first 10 minutes than it would have done if it if it was a, a crap video. You know, so it's almost like the ratios almost stay the same. It just grows exponentially. Does that does that make sense? Mm. Yeah. So yeah, it does. It really does. Yeah. So like um, if I put a video within, you know, within an hour, I will know if it's going to do well because of the fact that the ratio, like how many people it's reached versus how many views it's had versus how many people have engaged with it like likes and how many people have commented how many people are tagging their friends all those are indicators of of how kind of shareable or viral it is basically so we've um sorry um i was just gonna say we've, we've spoken to a few people on the pod who have found success in some form with um tiktok in particular so like i say i'm very very new to it not even uploaded anything yet and not got a clue where to begin to be honest but but it is interesting seeing, seeing how much time you lose with it but um every, <laughs> everyone we've spoken to has um has mentioned that the same as you that kind of trying to work it out and having to play around with different things and, and the algorithm. And it sounds as though that's something you quite enjoy that process. Yeah, I do. I, I'm, I, I like to, I need, it's, like, it's weird. I need to know how things work. And it's the same thing with comedy. When I first got into comedy, like I needed to understand how, how it worked, how the, how jokes worked, what the, why, so, why I can say one thing and it's funny. And then I can say another thing that I thought was funny and it's not funny. Do you know what I mean? And, and why mm. I can do the joke here and it gets a big response and I can do the same joke here and it doesn't get a big response. And I need to understand that because otherwise it just stresses me out. So I, I basically go on a bit of a obsessive kind of, you know, I don't know, thing to, to figure it mission. out but yeah yeah i just have yeah. to figure it out so I'll, I'll bury my head in the sand for ages and and then come out later like oh i've figured it out and then and then i get bored of it and that's what happens <laughs> <laughs> what is your so what's your favorite platform to put stuff out on then um what, what have you found the most success with um it's i mean favorites tough one but i mean fa facebook was best for my ego for a small while because i had the most followers on there and so things you know 
had there was more leverage so things would get seen off mm. the bat by more people so it just meant that if something was going to go well then it would go better on facebook but there was nothing in it for me really other than exposure and ego boosting and you know sometimes opportunities would come through it um obviously youtube that would be the ideal place to go viral because you make money from it um and it's mm. just i think it's more respected across the internet like youtube if you do well on youtube then it's it's i think it's a marker of good content is how well it does on youtube i find um it's easier yeah. to go viral on on other platforms um whereas youtube i, th I just feel has a bit more the, the viewers i don't know i don't know what it is there's, there's they've got more standards or something like i can have the same video that gets a million views on facebook and then on youtube it gets like um fifteen thousand, and it just uh, you know that's one thing that you know annoys me but you know <laughs> it sounds as though um youtube is kind of prime time tv almost for want of a better kind of analogy and like you say if you can if you can get on there then it's it it just perhaps i mean you you mentioned there the content clearly if it if it works better on youtube then it, it sounds as though it's a, a better platform obviously making money is where it's at i guess and that would be a, a <laughs> that would be a nice marker of success if if one could make money off it for sure it would it would and a lot of people do say to me like oh you know they they ask me like how much money i'm making from the views and stuff and i i do tell people like it's not about that because that is a short term way of thinking you know mm. to think about how much money i'm making from it now when actually you're you're missing the point because if i if i increase my profile then that actually almost increases my my worth you know my value um so actually when you think about it long term just having things go well on any platform will mean i have better opportunities i could you know potentially have a bit of clout for for discussing deals if i wanted to you know make a tv show or whatever it is i just think people really mm. they don't they don't consider the actual long-term benefits of just of just having a a, a profile and, and, and getting exposure without actually making money from it just creating content yeah it's really important especially now you know it, creating creating content as as an end i don't like to use the word entertainer <laughs> um but as as as, <laughs> as, as a yeah, as a as a creator we'll say um nice. it is it is an investment and because once you make something and you put it out there, it's there forever, right? It, and people can always come back to it and people will be able to find you and it just builds on itself. Like it's, it's I mean, of my followers on Facebook are now going down because I've not posted anything in ages. But on the whole, if you, as long as you keep posting stuff, it just goes up generally. You know, my YouTube followers don't go down because people don't unsubscribe as often as they do on Facebook. So at some point when I do you know when I've, i start releasing stuff again then um it will i can build off what i already had so i mean it's like an evergreen investment in into your into your career and your growth as an artist and i think it's important i think a lot of people undervalue how 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 important it is and have you found that like people come to your stand-up gigs because of what they're seeing on your line like your sketches and stuff that you do online yeah Absolutely. Yeah, I do. Um, I, I, I could probably have been a bit more um, proactive with it. Um, I think at the time when things were blowing up, I think it overwhelmed me quite a lot. Um, and I didn't capitalize on it as much as I could. I, you know, off the back of when it was going really well a few years ago, I could have 
um, done a lot more with it and and maybe done a, like a tour and stuff because because pe- people lots of people knew my face at that point but unless those people became hardcore fans a lot of those people have already forgotten my face and this is becoming more and more evident as as I'll post something on Facebook and <laughs> someone will comment like I don't know why I followed you but I know I did and now I can't remember why and I'm like yeah yeah, that happens to a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> so, in in terms of kind of, I, I guess, coming up with with content. So, let's let's talk a little bit about um, the comedy side of things because you were one of the very first kind of people that I I knew in the world of comedy. And when I was living up in Bath, uh, obviously I grew up down in Devon, which is is where you are. Yeah. And you know, we we gigged together, and, and straight away, you know, you you, you had this ability and still have obviously to kind of just get the whole room in the palm of your hand and some of your songs and some of the stuff that you do with the sound effects and and all of that is is just brilliant so i guess i guess what came first the the comedy or or the music oh um presumably you learned music when you were younger is that right yeah i mean i guess i guess really music I guess came first. I mean, since I was probably about 10, I wanted to do comedy. Um, remember cool. watching things like Live at Jonglers and Live at the Comedy Store. Uh, did you ever watch any of those shows that were really... Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the on mm. the sort of more... On, it wasn't, you know, we didn't have Live at the Apollo back then. It was it no. was all these little comedy clubs doing... doing um, I say little, the main comedy clubs, but they were doing their own <laughs> TV shows and stuff. And you, you got to see people like... I remember seeing like uh, I don't know like all the people who are like massive now before they were mm. massive and like I seen like I don't know Miles Jupp doing a bit about you know something that you'd, you wouldn't see him doing now and I just remember thinking like oh I want to if I if if that's a job I want to do that that looks sick so I remember thinking quite early on how I wanted to do yeah, comedy yeah. And, I, and then I thought uh, I don't like the idea of telling people I want to be a comedian because that makes people go oh go and be funny then or or they they they, they judge you for how funny <laughs> they think you are <laughs> and, uh, and uh, well anyway uh, maybe uh, maybe they don't but in my insecure brain I, I think they do so I don't I never liked the idea of telling people I think you're I right do. Yeah, so yeah. I th- do you know what I mean like they they uh, they'll go oh, well you're not very you're never funny when I talk to you like that and as if that's okay to say that certainly on the on the subject of 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 comedy you know my friends to this day will still say that I'm not the funniest person in our group, let alone funny enough to to be a stand-up comedian. So I, I know very much what you mean. It's one of those things, isn't it? I can't imagine any other job where if you were young and someone said, oh, I want to be an electrician, no one's going to go up to them and say, oh, go on then, why are me that house right now? You know, it's <laughs> it's just a bizarre yeah. way of kind of, it's almost you almost get criticized before you even do it so i do know exactly what you mean with that it's a it's a a difficult situation to find yourself in to actually say i want to be a comedian so i guess yeah it was kind of like a a secret desire perhaps yeah and i I think and therefore i was sort of i i i I basically said I'll I'll be an actor. I I want to be an actor, and then that that and then and then I remember going through school and doing acting and having to do a scene where I had to like pretend to be um, someone who'd come back from the war who had to go and and embrace my wife in a really emotional way. And I just remember thinking, this is the cringiest (laughs) shit. I can't do this. This is horrible. Having to go and be all emotional and stuff. And I, and then I realized that I only want to do the funny scenes. I don't want to do the serious scenes as an actor. So then I thought, well, I guess that means I'm going to have to be a comedian then, doesn't it? Um, but yeah. <laughs> and then 
before that I was doing like during my school times I was I was I was I played saxophone and I was in bands and then after school I, I went and did I was doing DJing and doing a lot of raves and stuff like that and um and, and then and I thought I was going to be a DJ as well at one point and then I and then I've you know actually got on with the comedy thing and sort of left that life behind me so from a um from a comedy point of view you mentioned uh, obviously kind of growing up watching those kind of shows was there anyone in particular uh, or any few people i guess who kind of inspired you to think oh do you know what bloody hell i'm gonna i'm gonna do that i'm gonna give it a go um it's hard to say i mean i guess um like like all of them. Uh, the thing is, is there something about that 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 magic of having someone be on stage and saying things and having everyone laugh, and mm. it didn't really matter who it was. It, it, I was more interested in 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 the in the bit. So in the actual c- comedy idea they were doing, um, I've never really. I find it hard to to like. It doesn't matter who it is. I've got to like the thing they're saying in that moment. Um, so I will like lots of different bits from lots of different comedians. And I m- that might be the only bit that I like of them. So I might not even like them that much, but I'm like, that. that's a good bit. I like that bit. Um, I mean, I guess like um, Bill Bailey was an, a big influence with his sort of musical kind of um, meta sort of stuff. Like I, I've definitely taken a lot from him in terms of what I've done in my act, um, taking taken that idea of... of of looking at music and and doing sort of little little bits um, about music and stuff like that, but I mean, I guess in terms of inspiration, it is literally just the search for you know just seeing a, a good bit and wanting to wanting to do an awesome wanting to like I just remember like I don't know like Ed Burns bit about Alanis Morissette song. Um, I, I've never seen Ed yeah. Byrne outside of that bit, but it's just like that is just a great bit, um, and he really you know uh, it's just finding that little per- perfect nugget of of comedy um is what inspires me i think that's a really really good answer it is a really good answer and you mentioned earlier that you get a lot of your material just from things that essentially piss you off um is that <laughs> yeah. is that kind of how, how you find most of it then so it's that's that's where you start to write you kind of sit down and think right what's getting on my tits today and what can i do with it um so yeah i mean i guess when i first started out it was it was um trying to write comedy material and it was trying to find stuff that's funny and all the rest of it and 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 then as you as you kind of as you mature as an artist you kind of realize that i need to find something a bit more meaningful like to me a bit more personal or just something that isn't just uh humor for the sake of humor and i guess it's just i'll actually I will actually be annoyed and I've what I've done is I've 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 learned to identify whenever I'm in a, an emotional state that when I'm not in that emotional state that emotional state will be funny um because that's <laughs> sort of the nature of 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 an emotional state when when you're when you're no longer in it it's always funny to think about how annoyed you were or how angry or how sad you were or whatever it was like it's just always funny because when you're in a good mood somebody else kicking off or somebody else being depressed or whatever it is if you're if you're not in that state it's always funny uh, I think that's just because <laughs> it, that's it's that so high, <laughs> that's what you know that's that is that's what I believe the, the point of humor is 
is to process and deal with our emotions in ways that maybe we can't otherwise because we're not functional people. You've hit upon something really, really interesting there, Louis, which is kind of the, I guess, the definition almost of comedy because the aim of us as comedians is to go on stage and to to take people who may well be depressed or, you know, not feeling good or whatever uh, or feeling great and to, to actually kind of impart our view of the world to make them laugh you know that's a that's a really really interesting point i don't think i've i don't think i've summarized it very well but (laughs) (laughs) it's like the the purpose of comedy is to transmute negative feelings into positive um experiences i believe and and the kind of the i guess the mechanism of comedy or like the, the way it works is that there has to be some sort of commitment um, or pledge to not take anything seriously because actually nothing is serious. Do you know what I mean? Nothing in life is truly serious because we're all going to die and the world will eventually, you know, be imploded by the sun or whatever, you know. In, so nothing <laughs> nothing means anything. And as humans, we like to pretend that shit means stuff so we create rules <laughs> and we create all these guidelines um, based on literally nothing. So you need a comedian just to remind everyone that it is meaningless, I think. Welcome to Commusician Pod, the happiest podcast of all. What I particularly <laughs> love there, I've just written down, nothing means anything. Humans pretend shit means something. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what a wonderfully well put. But that's brilliant because that's exactly right. That's exactly what it is. You know, I've, I have been gigging, I think perhaps a similar amount of time to you. I'm kind of eight years or so. And I have, I have exactly the same opinion, you know, I, I love going on stage and I love that feeling of, of, of making people laugh. And particularly when you've traveled a long way to a gig where they've clearly never heard of you and you go up there and, and it goes well, you know, I've, uh, I've been fortunate enough to have that happen and I've seen you absolutely smash rooms to, to bits, which is amazing. Yeah. So let's, let's talk, let's talk first gig. So you and I um, obviously have known each other a little while and I have seen you absolutely tear the roof off of places before. And I'm just kind of always curious how the first gig was and what, what can you remember about that? Uh, my first ever gig uh, was not great. Um, I, I, what it was, is I, I, I never had the balls to just go up and try comedy straight away. So I needed, I always needed, I needed something to get me into it, like a little. So I, I actually signed up for a Laughing Horse um, comedy course. Cool. Uh, and I, I, I went up to London. I'd, I'd signed up for this, uh, um, this course. I went up to London, and it was cancelled. So I was like, ah, oh, well, that's great because I'm in oh, London no. now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, and basically, you know. Pro, uh, to 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 um defend in in Alex Petty's defence he he hadn't realised I'd actually signed up for the course because I'd bought an a, like an all year round course ticket pass that could allow me to go to any course so he didn't know I was on that one so anyway I happened to be in London and so he said well there's you know we we're running these gigs in London so you're welcome to come along and and have a go or just watch the other acts because he's in a laughing horse they run a lot of sort of open micy type 
type stuff with a pro MC or a pro headline or whatever it is. So he said, come along to these nights and you can, you know, obviously you don't have to pay anything and you can either just watch and learn or or, ha- or you can have a go if you want. And I was like, okay, all right. So I sort of went to two on um, on the Friday, on the, went to one on the Friday, went to one on the Saturday and then by, come the Sunday, I was like, all right, I've seen some pretty terrible acts now. Uh, I've seen some good ones and I've seen some some shit ones. I'm like, I'm surely can be better than those shit ones. And if I can do better than them, then 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 sweet. And so I, I went through all material and I was like, I'm going to do this. And I went there and, you know, it was your classic kind of London open mic. So there was just no one there. We had uh, yeah. uh, like six people in the audience and, and most of them were acts. And, I, and I, that was the one I'd signed up for. Whereas previous nights there were there were full rooms and it was great, so I just happened to um, to, to sign up for the, for the, for the dud night. Um, so I still did it, and obviously I think I think I met Matt Richardson that night. He was the MC, and um, oh, wow. he was giving me yeah he was giving me very supportive um, laughs. So it's just basically him laughing um, at, <laughs> at, my, at, my, at my attempt. Uh, so. Um, the thing is once you've done it once it doesn't really matter how it went you've done it once you've got the scary bits out of the way so you can go and do exactly. it again and that and then i signed up for um a poetry open mic night in exeter and um lo and behold i, I like it went really well like i smashed this poetry gig um and uh, with, with a bit of material that never never worked ever again it worked that one time it's like that's it's like it did its job its job was to get me not to quit stand up and then and then and then to give me the bug of having done a nice gig and then after that, it was just sort of an uphill battle with, 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 um, with, you know, I think I was under the assumption that you change your material every gig. Like I had learned, yeah. I hadn't done any of the learning that you have to do. So I was basically coming out of a new five, 10 minutes or whatever it was every time. And so sometimes I'd do well, sometimes I wouldn't. Most of the time I'd forget what I was doing because I hadn't really learned it well enough and I've got a bad memory and I just blank out and be on stage like, oh, this is really awkward. So I spent about two years writhing around in like absolute, sort of awkward agony and and sometimes it went well and sometimes it didn't and it just you know not having any clue as to as to, as to why I was so inconsistent and stuff and then and then and that's why oh I, I did actually quit and then um I was I was um um persuaded well um a couple of my friends a couple of people who 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 I was working with at the time um suggested that I should try musical stuff so that's when I I, I got out the guitar and um um yeah started doing the parodies and that's when i started to build a set i was like right i'm going to stick with the same material every gig and hone it and make it good i'm not going to change it you know i've i learned now i know how it works so and then that's when i started actually building like it didn't go well to begin with like it was okay but the next one was slightly better the next one was slightly better like it it, it was it wasn't up and down so it just felt a lot more like oh okay this is what i've got to do just keep keep you know doing the same stuff basically and when you so you started introducing your your kind of music stuff in, um, yep. and it's a kind of a question that like I think every musician is asked like, oh, what do you write first, the music or the lyrics? When it comes to comedy, where where do you start? Do you come up with your idea, or do you, do you start with a beat and go, right? What I've I've had a funny idea three months ago. Uh, I wonder if I can make this fit and jam it together somehow, or how how do you kind of work it with in terms of that? Okay, well, um, when I first started out, I did parody songs, and actually, the first song, first major uh, main song that I did, like a long song, was um, a parody of Avril Lavigne's "Complicated," um, with the joke being um, it's inebriated uh, about how how I'm how I don't like my 
my wife. I mean, I was like way too young to be doing a song about how I don't like my wife, but it wasn't about <laughs> me. It was, you know, not my wife, but you know what I mean? Like you've met someone when you were drunk and it's like, you know, so that, that song essentially, when I was, when I was like 11, I wrote that parody song um, because I think I just learned the word inebriated. <laughs> and I thought, I was like, that's a, that's a great word. Um, <laughs> and um, and I, that word. song was obviously, yeah, it's a good word. And that song was kind of obviously a hit at that time. It was on all the radio and stuff. And I remember being at the bus stop and just writing that. And like, I guess I'd molded it off. Um, I sort of inspiration from, uh, I guess, my parents deteriorating marriage more than anything, probably. I don't know. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and just, just my, uh, my, my bad foundation emotionally probably just inspired that one. Um, but, but what, the reason why I tell this story is because that, what made, what the, the, the sort of how I wrote then was, was, you know, find a song, how, if I were to change the lyrics to something, um, you know, what would that be? So there was a bit of a formula. So with that one, complicated inebriated, and then and then this and then inebriated, my brain sort of you know figures out. Okay, so then it's about me, you know, a, a relationship that started when you were drunk, and and, and then there, there you go. You've kind of got the the basis of, and then you there just you change it. all the other lyrics to fit. Yeah, you sort of change all the other ones to fit this this narrative you've just invented, right? So uh, and then other ones were like. Um, um, so a joke or well, a park life. And I thought, okay, how can I change that? Um, but, and then it was Mark's wife. Um, and then, um, <laughs> so then it was a joke. So I thought, so the joke can be about how I don't see my friend anymore since he got married. That makes sense. You know, so it's sort of like pa finding a pat, finding, um, sort of like justifying the, the base, the sort of play on words you just come up with. Um, and then finding something that fits, that's funny, that, 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 that fits that thing you've just sort of jammed in there basically. Um, and obviously sometimes it's just a one liner that Mark's wife one was pretty much just a one liner. Other times you can actually get a full song out of it. Um, but then that was, the, so that was the, the strategy for writing parody songs. And that really taught me how to write jokes. And it really taught me the structure of, 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 you know, set up punchline and, and, and actually was before when I was first started, I, I, I think I was just trying to be funny. I hadn't actually considered the mechanisms of joke writing at all. So it was only from going musical that I actually kind of, you know, writing. I find that songs are a really good way to, to write jokes because you're a lot of the time you're working with a rhyme and a rhyme will give you a creative joke you would have never thought of because you're trying to make it fit with a rhyme scheme. Um, so you're kind of, you kind of, it's that, it's again, that it's that crowbarring. So I've got this idea in my head and I've got, a, I've got to make this rhyme fit or I've got to make this word fit. And so then you, you're leaving it to your creative brain to basically connect dots that you wouldn't have connected before. It's like, I, I never thought to write a song called Mark's Wife about, well, I, I didn't go right. I want to write a song about how I don't, how you don't see a friend anymore when they, when they get in a long-term relationship or whatever. Like I didn't start at that point. I started with the basic play on words, which was Mark's Wife because it rhymes with park life. And then I went backwards from there and found a way to make it work. And I find that with, with rhyming, that's what it does. So it forces you to come up with really creative solutions because you, you've got to make it fit. So another example of that is when my um, middle class rap, um, which basically started out 
as me being annoyed about the fact that I can, I'm never going to be able to be a rapper because I actually did want to be a rapper. I was like, I, f- I want to be cool. I want to be the cool guy, right? So I want to be a rapper. And then I was like, it's never going to happen. I've, just, I've got to accept the fact that I'm not cool. I, I grew, I've grown up, I live in Devon. I'm white. I'm, I'm not even like hard. You know what I mean? Some people live in Devon and they're actually, they've been through some shit. You know what I mean? They've had a hard life. Like I, I haven't had a hard life really. I mean, I, ha- I mean, emotionally it's not been great, but like, you know, physically everything on paper, you would have thought like, you know, this, this, this guy doesn't have the cool life story. Right. And that annoyed me. So I thought, well, if rap, you know, is about airing your grievances and, and it's about being angry at the system and all that. Well, well, the system I can be angry at is is the one that made me have too good of a life. So I can be angry <laughs> about the fact that it's 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 been too nice for me, essentially. So it started out with a, with one line, which was, it's fucking savage. I was born with every tangible advantage, right? And that was that was it, right? That was the first, that was all I had to begin with. So then I was like, okay, I've got a rhyme scheme. I've got I've got a short a short vowel a, so it's savage. I was born with every tangible advance. So so right away I'm like, okay, so now now let's start just riffing on that and finding other other rhymes that fit with that. And I quite like the fact it was a kind of complex rhyme scheme. It was like, you know, it sounded quite cool. So then I think I was just like found. I was like, um, uh, when I run out of ideas, I'll go on a, a rhyming dictionary to help keep the ball moving. So it'll be like, um, look at other short A vowel sounds, right? Now, so I think I stumbled across sandwich. I was like, oh, sandwich. That, that's, there's something funny in that. Because if you're a gangster, I don't know, having like a sandwich mm. made for you or something, you know, or like having like your mum make you a sandwich is just quite fu- <laughs> like, that's a funny do you know what I mean? So then I found the joke because I was trying to find something to rhyme it with. Do you know what I mean? So then it was like, yeah, I was one of those times. Uh, like, um, and then I was like, well, don't get me wrong. It's not a lavish living standard. Um, but anytime I'd ask my mum, she'd muster up a sandwich, bitch. Do you know what I mean? So then, and then that, <laughs> I would have never, I would have never come up with that. I would have never come up with that, that joke if it wasn't for the fact I was trying to make it fit with a rhyme scheme. It, it, it reminds me of um uh you've probably seen eight mile but the bit where he's battling him at the end and uh it's, you think you think this guy's a gangster his real name's clarence and um it's <laughs> it, yeah there's there's not a lot perhaps that uh white devonians can can br- well clearly you've proved that there's a lot that you can bring to the rap game but uh yeah that's that's fascinating what a real um real insight into how you create how you kind of came up with it it's brilliant um nowadays uh, my ideas come from um me getting annoyed about something or something like that having a real you know thought something that is on my mind or whatever it is and usually if if there's a rhythm if i can find a rhythm and it usually happens accidentally because i have a sort of i have a sort of habit where i just make songs out of things and i've done, I, I, and it can be really annoying to people around me you know it's just like uh, I literally just all the time like if i'm in a good mood anyway or if, if, it doesn't necessarily if i'm in a good mood but you know if i'm in a certain sort of mood i i would just turn a, a sentence into like a song basically so for so for example the song i'm awake I was I was actually woken up many times. I, I had I was living with my mum and my sister at the time, the two noisiest cunts to live with. I can't say that on this show, can I? Uh, I was living with my mum and my sister at the time, the two noisiest uh, people to live with, and uh, they woke me up um, <laughs> consistently um, and didn't give a 
shit about the fact that I was trying to sleep. So I was really annoyed and I just, they'd all gone out and I was in the house by myself and I was just like actually livid. And then I started shouting as if I was, I was pretending to be them. I was basically becoming i was i was basically mocking them by being them going oh i'm awake i'm awake i'm awake i'm awake just going around like oh yeah fucking great mate yeah listen to me and i was banging on this pot like i'm awake just being as loud as i can trying to get rid out my anger because no one was in the house at this point so i was just like fuck you, fuck you, fuck. and then it didn't take long until <laughs> me banging on a pot going i'm awake i'm awake i'm awake, until that was like i started laughing because it was like this is actually hilarious like <laughs> how annoyed i'm getting about this and how i'm deciding to uh, <laughs> express my anger um by basically you know going and banging on a pot um and then as soon as i'd done that because again <laughs> Uh, sort of organically this rhythm was found within it this i'm away so and then i was like i was like as soon as i started laughing i was like right i've got to write that down i've got i've got to now go and work on that because not only it, it sort of ticks all the boxes there's, there's an emotion it's it's there's there's it's something funny about it there's a rhythm um that's the start of of a, of a song that's brilliant that's so good i love i love how you've 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 come to find that that's that's a, do, do you shout them out as well when you're on stage and you, you're singing that do you kind of do you tell them that it's it's about them i i don't do it on stage actually it never really worked i tried it once it worked i made it as a video i put it up online it did well but then i tried it on stage and i don't know it just um it's a different there's there's a it's a whole like different arena i found like doing stuff for on on the screen and doing stuff for on the stage is very different and some things work well on one and not on the other and that's just one of those ones that just didn't work on stage yeah there's um that i mean that in itself is a really kind of interesting conversation point because you're you're exactly right you know the the nuts and bolts if you like of of stand up are are much different and you know essentially the the kind of noise video for what the one that we've just been discussing you know that works so well as a video because you can kind of cut to different shots of you like outside a door whereas if you're on stage is it perhaps that you've you're effectively almost telling a story of a time where you got woken up does that make sense yeah you know you're right essentially to do it on stage you're going to have to sort of crowbar in um, everything that on the screen just is apparent, you know, because on the yeah. screen I, I'm I'm in costume, as it were. You know, I'm in a how I'm I'm in a situation like I've got a set, as it were. Like it's just me in my house in my dressing gown. But right away you get you know where we are. Who who that there's lots of unspoken things that build the scene. Whereas on stage you have to set all that up because it's not there. It's not apparent. You can't just start that and then have them know what the hell you're going on about. Um, so then, like you say, you have to kind of figure out, well, how am I going to set this one up? And sometimes it's just it's just too awkward and lengthy and, and it doesn't work. It's clumsy to have to set that up in a way that on a screen, it's just apparent. You don't have to do any of that setting up. Well, as you know, we are going to do this gig. Now, because you do both music and comedy, because um, you're horrendously talented, um, what would we we both are gonna we both neither have tried the others so Fitz has never done a music gig I've never done a comedy gig um what would be your kind of combined advice for us in terms of getting up there and doing it um combined advice okay um 
I don't know about combined advice. I might be able to give in individual advice. That would that would be in fact better. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So to fit, I would say don't view it in the same way as you'd view a comedy gig in 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 regards to the fact that as a comedy gig you are entirely going off the audience's response if you go on stage as a musician with that mentality you will think you've bombed every time because music crowds do not respond like a comedy crowd do they sit there they appreciate it and they generally either keep quiet or they dance or whatever it is whatever it is you're presenting to them they're not going to be going good job essentially like a like a comedy audience tells you good job um so as people like us who who require yeah, yeah. that validation you're not going to get it so just no, hmm. go in knowing that's not going to happen because i've done a music gig and i i hated it because i thought everyone was going to be like woo but they just you know they just weren't they were enjoying it they were having their meal whatever it was they were up to and i just thought i'd bombed and i'd never wanted to do it ever again um, <laughs> very good advice thank you i appreciate that so um to sam um i mean i guess it depends <laughs> on what you're trying to do are you are you uh, let me ask you a question are you are you are you doing stand-up are you doing musical comedy what are you up to so i got told by mark olver not to do musical comedy uh because that would be the <laughs> easy way out um so he yeah he said you need to do you need to do a stand up gig so i'm going to do a stand up gig yeah okay good good i mean yeah sure it i guess it is it, i guess it is i mean the thing is that there's i just want to say set something straight there, a lot of people they think that musical comedy is 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 some sort of lesser form of comedy now i think what's happened is people <laughs> get people get um confused by the fact that as a as a shit musical comedian you can basically escape the feeling <laughs> escape the feeling of bombing because you're filling all the air with your guitar or whatever it is um and also there's a volume element to music that helps with energy levels in the room but what the thing is is that with 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 a with a comedy if you're doing comedy right as a stand-up, so this might be my advice, actually. If you're doing comedy right as a stand-up, it is musical. You're using volume. You're, you know, you're going up to the mic like this and saying things like this, or you're, or you're, you're doing things in a cadence, and the cadence is where the laugh happens, you know? There is rhythm to a stand-up comedy <laughs> performance. Um, and it's not, you can't just go up there and say stuff because people need that rhythm to know when to laugh. People need um, that kind of direction, if you will, to know um, and to, to be kind of to know when you've stopped. Because if you're just talking, people listening uh, are listening, and they don't. So in any stand-up comedy performance, there is rhythm and volume and all these things that are supposedly the things that make musical comedy easy. So I think that it's a cop out to say that um that i think it's basically stand-up comedians trying to make themselves feel superior but actually they're employing exactly the same mechanisms but they're just doing it with their voice um so think about your stand-up as 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 music that would be my advice so when you tell a joke think about the rhythm 
think about how you're delivering those lines. And if you deliver the lines, you know, in a, you know, obviously don't go up and don't imagine you're in Mary Poppins because that just looks weird and cringy. But if you watch any speaker uh, <laughs> and actually listen to what they're saying, that you will notice that there is they're, they're applying rhythm. I mean, the rule of three is a comedy mechanism and the reason why that works is because it's you know it, it it well it's about expectation but it's setting up a rhythm and i just think that i i, I think i've gone off piece but my point my point is um <laughs> oh, oh yeah I, I wanted to say that that uh that um a good musical comedian has to do exactly the same things as a good stand-up has to do and they have to get you know, lots of lots. So yes, it's easier to be a shit musical comedian than it is to be a shit stand-up. That's the point. But it's just as hard to be good at any form of comedy as it is to do any other form of comedy. Um, but yeah, that's just me airing my grievances. But like I say, um, think about think about how you're delivering the lines. Think of, find the rhythm. It's, it's um, a very very good point, though, Louis. Thank you very much. Um, I just I just feel like it doesn't get people. They don't think about it logically. They all just there's this narrative that oh it's it's easier. It's not it's not easier to, if you to do it well. Um, it's just and I no one ever questions it. And as a musical comedian, I'm often uh, I'm, I feel offended. So um, but yes. Uh, anyway, as as I say, um, <laughs> with 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 you as as a musician, you need to consider the 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 um the tonality of your voice in how you direct the room because actually from from eight years of musical comedy i am now i'm all i'm i'm, a, I'm an all right stand-up now i can go up and do it if, as long as i remember my lines which i find is the hardest thing um so yeah rehearse a lot and that's my other advice um if as long as i remember my lines <laughs> i i now know that that to do a good stand-up bit that I have to treat it almost like I'm doing the same, like like I treat my musical comedy. I have to I have to think of it the same way. Um, and you go and watch anyone, you watch any stand-up comedian, you you will you will see there's a, there's a rhythm, there's a thing, there are things they're doing with their voices, there's musical aspects that 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 if they didn't do those things, those jokes wouldn't work because it's it's a performance. It's not it's not um, you know you're a showman. You know you are directing the room. And what you do affects when people laugh and how much they laugh. And if you do something louder, then the chances are that they'll they'll respond louder. If you do something with a big, um, you know, um, physical action, then that signifies to them um, certain things. You know that whatever it is, it amplifies the thing you're saying. So the biggest mistake people do is they go up on stage and they've got really funny material, but they don't deliver it. They don't perform it, and so it bombs. And that that goes to show, like it's not about the words you say; it's about how you perform it. It's about how you come across. It's about whether you are whether you look nervous. People don't like if someone's up there looking nervous. They're not. They're, they're going to feel nervous. You know, if you're just totally confident and, and you just it doesn't matter how it goes confidence comes from not caring how it goes so if you just go up there and not give a shit and and perform your words you know give it some give it some juice you know that's what you got to do that mate uh, honestly that is some sound advice um i love it and then what's really interesting as well is that we've done a few of these podcasts now and uh, every comedian that I've asked kind of to give me some advice, everyone's been completely different. And that was the first one that's kind of made me think about like not what I'm going to say, but how I'm going to put it across and how I'm going to say it. Because I've kind of got some ideas floating around in my head of, of you know, stories that I could tell essentially. And that's the first one that's got me kind of thinking, 
okay, shit, right. And now I need to think about not just the story, but actually, like you say, where's the rhythm coming from? Where's the, you know, when can the audience laugh in this story? Um, so amazing. Thank you very, very much for that. Really, Brilliant. really, really great You're answer. Welcome. Thank you. Can I, um, uh, well, A, first of all, it's been an absolute pleasure, Louis. Thank you so much. This has been one of the most interesting chats we've had with with a guest, for sure. There's just been so much to kind of um, get our teeth into. So really appreciate that. Um, as, oh. a, as a final parting question, if I may, um, what's, what's next for Louis Burgess? Where if, if you're five years in the future and you're looking back and you're thinking, yeah, I, I, this has been a success, what's, uh, what, what's next? So, um, yeah, I guess this comes full circle is to is to this lockdown has, has given me that space to figure that one out. Because before, I think if I had carried on on the stand up circuit, I probably would have gone insane. It's made me realize that I don't want to be a professional full time gig in comic. I want to I want to go more into that sort of acting side of things, but not I'm not going to go and be an actor. I want to write and like like basically what I've been doing with my videos um, I want to go more down that path. And so five-year goal, actually, funnily enough, this is what I wrote down a few days ago, is um, is a primetime Emmy Award for um, Best um, Comedy Show. So a yes, sitcom. Mate. I'm writing a sitcom and also um, going to be using videos to boost the profile so that the sitcom can get made. That will give me the clout um, to actually, you know, get producers interested in the first place. And um, basically transfer what I'm doing now on the, on the, in short form content and, and build, a, build a character that actually, you know, has some sort of consistency. That, that, and so I'm going to be putting out videos that are in line with what the sitcom's going to be, which is essentially an, an exaggerated version of myself. Um, and then, um, oh, yeah, and also Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding um, Lead Actor in a comedy series i've i've, I've, re, I've researched them um because i feel you've got your goals have got to be specific um otherwise it's you know you're leaving too much a chance so if i can if i can get if 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 they're my goals and i write them down and then i achieve them in five years then then i've almost achieved all my other goals as well because i Man. in order to do that i would have had to have made a good show or i've had to you know all the other things have to fall into place in order to get that award so that's the goal five-year goal those two primetime Emmy Awards <laughs> and maybe some BAFTAs. That'd be nice. <laughs> Fair no. flipping play, man. Fair play. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> That's insane. I wish you the best of luck. Um, and I, I wish uh, more than anything that I had your ambition because uh, I do not. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I guess it's fear more than anything. Fear of, of getting, <laughs> to, getting to the end of my life and, and wondering what went wrong. Um, my my dad provides me with a lot of that fear because he 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 wrote a um, a film and never did anything with it and now he's depressed. So that's my other you know just do the thing because otherwise you'll get to eight uh, whatever eighty years old and you'll 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 be sad. So that's what that's that should give you the ambition you need. Well, I'm still counting on that they're going to put our heads in jars like they do on Futurama, and then I'll just live forever in a jar. Then I haven't disappointed anybody. No, you'll still be depressed in that jar as a head. oh mate louis burgess thanks so much man this has been a real pleasure louis flipping burgess what a star mate what a lovely guy who he is what yeah straight up what a pod what a pod what a pod i just I just I, said straight up. Oh no! You did, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're a white boy rapper in Devon, mate. I know yeah. it. But yeah, boy, 
there's so much that I loved about that. There's so much knowledge that Louis got, and he's quite a young guy. I can't remember exactly how old he is, but I know he's he's a young guy. But clearly, really, kind of got his head screwed on. Clearly, I love I love the fact that he's openly a, a, a nerd about it. You know, he's got to find out how it works, and it really it that chat kind of took us in directions I really wasn't expecting, and it was it was brilliant. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And it's people like Louis who have that kind of ambition and that drive, not just to put the content out, but to do the research on how it's best going to get out and to the best audience that it can get out to. Yeah. That just full on inspire me. And and I and I hope um you guys are listening that that it does exactly the same because that passion is just it's mental. Absolutely mental. What's um what's great as well is that I think one of the big kind of side effects slash benefits of of doing this pod a i love it i absolutely love this this podcast and i'm I'm so pleased that we are kind of doing it whatever whatever ends up happening with it i love it but it's always great to meet people who are just like you said it's it's almost inspiring and particularly when we're talking about kind of crafting jokes and how to kind of get the best out of your material and and just so many little elements of the conversation that I thought were were genuinely fascinating and yeah it was it was a lot of fun really <laughs> a lot of fun a lot of laughs and yeah really really good <laughs> to really good to kind of chat to Louis and and find out what makes him tick I couldn't I honestly couldn't agree with you more I think it's a lovely lovely way of putting it he he just seemed like such a such a genuine guy and I mean you know I've met him before at a couple of your gigs and uh, even then he just he is who he is Louis he's just you know what you kind of uh, hit what you've heard uh, is Louis he just he just wants the best for himself um, because he straight up deserves it because of all the hard work that he puts in does he straight up deserve it oh <laughs> damn it <laughs> oh, what's, ha- what's happening? Oh, good. Well, that's I'll tell you what it is. Um, I've had a, I've had a cider out of one of the plastic like two liter bottles. That's what's happened. It's like I've gone back nice. to yeah. It's, it's a Magnus, but I feel like I'm drinking White Lightning. It's lovely. Good lad. I have not had a drink today, and um, yeah, I kind of it's it's. I wouldn't say I've drunk every day during lockdown by any stretch because I've tried not to, <laughs> but um. Yeah, perhaps you've you've tempted me. How weak, how mm. weak am I? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I think uh, so thank you so much to Louis Burgess first of all. Um, if you want to go and check him out, uh, Louis is kind of as as you've probably realised, dear listener. Whenever we interview a guest, they are our spotlight. Uh, clearly, it wouldn't feel quite right to uh, shine a spotlight on anyone else. Um, but yeah, Louis Louis Burgess comedy uh, everywhere. He is on TikTok, as as mentioned. Um, just search Louis Burgess. It's L-O-U-I-S and Burgess, as you would imagine. It's like burgers, but with two S's um, and only one R. Uh, that's probably the smooth way that he described it. I, whenever I spell my name to someone, I always go, Fitzhenry, F-I-T-Z, Henry like the king. Um, I don't imagine for a second that Louis Burgess goes, like burgers, but with two S's and one R. No, probably not. <laughs> smooth mate yeah like you say that was utterly smooth but yeah go and go and check him out everywhere because you'll love it um and his content is always like it is the the top the top game it really is he's um he's a talented talented man and just some of the ideas like i said the britain's got talent one is is phenomenal uh the i'm awake love that 
uh it's yeah there's there's a lot of really good stuff and yeah i hope you enjoy we will of course be back next week um what have you got coming up for the week ahead mate just before we sign off uh i bought paddleboard so it's jody so we're gonna somehow work out that that's shielding and justify it to ourselves so i can escape for a bit okay cool that's me what about you mate that is fun but if dominic if it's good enough for dominic cummings it's good enough for you um if you're listening in future <laughs> if you are listening in the future ladies and gents uh that is a great reference if i'd done it maybe four podcasts ago um but never mind <laughs> still worked still worked mate. still it's worked fine. uh what am i doing well i am um it's father's day this weekend so mm. um <laughs> my suggestion that I should be able to sit on my PlayStation all day because it's my day uh, was met with uh, disgust, I think is probably the easiest <laughs> way to describe it. So I won't be sitting on FIFA all day, um, but that's broadly fine. Uh, I have got a virtual gig tomorrow, doing another virtual gig, which is is cool. Have kind of started thinking about possibly the real world reopening but then I've stopped myself because I just don't want to get too too ahead. And otherwise, it's just going to be kind of chilling, still trying to play guitar when I can. But it's a, it's a busy old time at the moment. And hopefully you and I have got some kind of exciting projects that we'll be able to share with with listeners soon. Perhaps. Indeed. Absolutely. Too tantalizing at the end of the pod. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody that's listening, thank you very much for listening. Uh, thank you for sticking with us and uh, we will see you next week we certainly will much love au revoir love you bye love you bye thank you for listening to Comp Musician Pod intro music was Gangster Life by Dirty Blueprint this podcast was brought to you by Fitz and Sam see you next week